1: Let's Get Radical is brought to you by Avalara, sales tax automation for businesses of all sizes. Visit us on the web at avalara.com. That's A-V-A-L-A-R-A dot com. Welcome to the business show that will change the way you look at your business practice, your organization, and yourself. This is Let's Get Radical with Liz Gold and Jody Pedar. On today's show, you'll get the straight scoop on what it means to be radical and how it can help you become the next success story. Now, here are your hosts, Jody and Liz. Jody? Liz?
2: Jody, are you ready? Liz, I'm totally
3: ready. Are you ready?
2: Absolutely. So, we're gonna let's get radical. Welcome, I'm Liz Gold, and I'm here with Jody Paydar, and you're listening to Let's Get Radical Business Talk Unfiltered.
3: And I am so excited to be here today, and we're actually live at an accounting conference. Can you believe that,
2: Liz? That's amazing. Where yeah. are you?
3: And we're at the AICPA Practitioners Tech Plus, and we're in Las Vegas, and we're actually here with some of our sponsors, which are Build.com and Avalara. Wow, so how cool is that that they're at the conference that we're at?
2: That's fantastic. And so I'm really excited to um, have you introduce our new our guest for today, who is like a powerhouse of the accounting world, um, and hear what he has to say about what's going on in his world organization. Sure. Totally. Um, so I'm really excited to be here today, and he's actually like sitting
3: right next to me um, with Tom Hood, who is the CEO of the Maryland Society of CPAs, and he is the most forward-thinking, visionary, um, actually guy I know, and I've known him for about six years now, and I'm just so excited that he could be here with us today. Welcome, Tom.
4: It's great to be here. I'm looking forward to being radical with you too. <laughs>
3: Yes. So, Tom, what were some of the things that happened here yesterday?
4: Anything exciting? So, it, it's interesting. The, um, obviously, there's a, there's a big technology component uh, to this, especially for the practicing CPAs, many of whom are small to mid-sized businesses. But the, I think the overarching theme that I kept hearing is about the speed of technology change facing businesses. And what does that mean? And there seemed to be a sense of urgency that I've not seen before.
3: Wow. And I was just thinking more about the parties. <laughs>
4: <laughs> well, that too.
3: <laughs>
4: and then there was Jody's Bingo DJ fire party. That's another
3: highlight. <laughs>
2: Yeah, Liz, we're, we're really kind of bummed that you're in New York and not here with us. Cause it's I know. I guess I'm just going to have to live vicariously through your stories right now. Or Twitter. That's true. Or Twitter, yeah. <laughs> so what, what, in terms of, like, the workshops or the sessions that you guys are going to is really sticking out, you know, and making things feel a little bit different than, or that sense of urgency than compared to years past? So I think
3: that people are actually... Um, Open to more change than before, right? So I, I really see CPAs like really wanting to help small businesses now.
4: And I would echo that and say that there's been a lot. There's I think there's a whole lot more case studies that I've seen panels. Jody's moderating a bunch of them where there's actual CPAs in all walks of life, if you will, in terms of size of firm, etc. And they're sharing what they're doing. So I think. You know everything from cloud computing to new ways of servicing people new types of services innovations those are some of the themes that we're seeing that i think are pretty exciting and,
2: and jody well i'm sorry what are you what are you uh what, what workshops are you doing
3: um so i've been doing a lot with advisory which i think is really cool because it's like but finally, I believe the profession is really starting to be open to advisory services and really learning how to help their small business clients um, get more from their numbers.
2: And that's a new, that's sort of a new trend from what you, what has been going on, you think?
3: Yeah, I think before um, everyone that's, probably talked about advisory, but I really see now a shift with the cloud and all the technology where CPAs are starting to take a more active role in really um, using advisory to help their uh, small business customers. And I I think they're excited about it. I think they really want to learn about it, which I think is, is really exciting.
2: Oh, that's good. That's good to hear. And technology is playing a big role in that. I imagine the cloud and other sorts of things built around that totally I think that um,
3: technology you know has really fundamentally changed these relationships and CPAs realize that if they don't change that the world around them has changed and how are they gonna you know get to it and and be with their customers more or they're not going to be relevant so Tom how do you what do you think about those ideas
4: I think um, it's funny I think what we're finally seeing is there are examples of disruptive technology now, in the accounting profession, one of the big ones that everyone's buzzing about is uh, IBM Watson and KPMG actually start to apply cognitive computing to the audit function, and and from that they're saying you know they could see significant automation of that function in the next you know ten years. So, mm-hmm. and there's Robo Advisor, which is another one that's disrupting your personal financial planning. So I think. What's what's different now is people are recognizing that the speed of this exponential technology change is impacting everybody and every business. And I think the other part is smart CPAs are recognizing that their clients are feeling disruptions because of all this, and there's a need and an opportunity to help their clients from that standpoint. So i thus the whole movement to new forward-looking advisory service. And I put the emphasis on forward-looking, right? Whereas most of the services CPAs typically done are, I would call, in the past, right? Rear-view mirror. Audits are about what happened, not what's going to happen. Tax returns are what happened, not what's going to happen. And I think business and everyone is saying, I need to look a little bit further and see around the bend more. And I'd like my advisor, who I trust a lot, to be the person to help me do that.
2: So yeah. as things get more automated, how is that going to affect the workforce of accounting firms?
4: Well, it's, it's going to affect it dramatically over right. time. Now, I would, I would argue that I think we have to start thinking about technology differently. Instead of thinking of it as replacing people, now it will, it will replace those who can't move their skills to a higher level. Right? So if you're, if you're mm-hmm. moving numbers from one thing to another, you can be pretty sure that that's going to be gone. But even more than that, even up to the point of decision-making, so I think the key here is augmenting our advice, not replacing it. So I think what computers can't do is they can't establish trust, they don't have empathy, and they can't, make, uh, they can't collaborate or make connections across different disciplines. So those smart CPAs, auditors, tax everyone, are going to be the ones who can continually add value to what the machine does really well. So let the machines do what they do really well. And what you need to do is think about how you can apply what the machine does to your client's problems and help solve more problems uh, for your clients in the future.
3: So I think, Tom, that's like an awesome answer, but we really want to talk about you this show and not talk about CPAs because we think (laughs) that you have an awesome job as being the CEO of a non-for-profit, which is like it's just like a small business, and we want to ask you about like what made you go from industry to actually running uh, essentially a non for profit. What was the what was the um, what, what made you jump into that new role?
4: So I grew up in uh, in the profession, if you will, in the association. So when I passed the CPA exam way way back in '82, I was in the corporate world. Now back then. When you graduated, I I had to go to school at night and work during the day to go to college. So at that point, CPA firms in public accounting would not hire you. So I took a job in business and industry and have never done public accounting. I like to say I've been the victim of public accounting. They audited me. They did the taxes for the corporations I worked for. So anyhow, I got involved with the association from day one. I attribute a lot of who I am and what I do today to that uh, mentoring, if you will and so i was in a construction industry we were going through an extreme disruptive time i've been chairman of the association i've been on committees and on the board i also got some legislative experience as a cfo because cfos get every job other than operations and sales so i had to do community outreach and fighting asphalt plants anyhow the, the executive director is retiring and she said to me she goes i never thought about a career in doing this well I I was a little early on the trend, but there's a whole big trend right now on CFOs becoming CEOs. And we're seeing it even in public companies, but a lot of companies that's happening. So using the discipline of being a, a management accountant, if you will, which is what I really was, and applying that to a business, which is what I do as a CEO of this nonprofit. So we're about a $10 million nonprofit, 100 years old. And uh, we've got about 30 employees. So that's my role right now, and I love that. And that's a am a CPA in what I call the business and industry not-for-profit government segment, which is about half of the profession. So that's what I do, and there's a whole lot of us out there that are doing this kind of work as well.
3: Yeah, that I mean, that's totally cool, because I think um, it, it, and I, here I get back to the CPAs, but it shows really like the diversity of what CPAs can actually do, how uh, a lot of them do go into other roles, um, you know, beyond just number crunching, right? So, uh, so that's really cool. So, um, what made you decide to become a forward-thinking CEO as opposed to just a static CEO? So, <laughs> <laughs>
4: um, well, I think the uh, so once you got into the once you're into the role and starting to see what's going into business, uh, I was fortunate also to have been involved in two big visioning projects for the profession. One was when I took the job, the CPA vision project in 1999 was underway, and I volunteered for that project and became the, the uh, volunteer committee chair for the AICPA. And that gave me a whole different perspective of seeing like, what's going on in this profession. And that, between four in my career, And seeing what the future could look like, it kind of changed my whole perspective in terms of how could we, in Maryland, help our members and beyond really redefine what it meant to be CPAs and accountants in business and industry as well as practice. And and so from then on, it was about really helping our members be comfortable with the future. And a lot of things that came after that, our Business Learning Institute, et cetera, were all just Responses to that vision of helping CPAs become future ready.
2: So you've been a visionary for a long time, basically, in the accounting world, and you know which is fantastic. And you always have sort of a new twist on what's what's going on. So we want to, um, and we know that you're you're going through a lot of change at your organization, and we're going to dip right into that um, right after this.
4: Perfect
5: Tax compliance can be a pain for businesses, but Avalara's powerful tax automation technology simplifies sales tax and other business taxes with real-time tax calculation and automatic return filing. It's simple to get started because Avalara works inside your accounting, e-commerce, and point of sale systems. That's why thousands of the world's best businesses outsource their tax compliance with Avalara. Shouldn't you too? Learn more at Avalara.com. That's A-V-A-L-A-R-A dot com
1: advance, and evolve. Liz Gold, owner of Rhino Girl Media, provides a wide range of services to those looking to get their message out into the world. Her specialty is simplifying the complex, finding the juice in any story, and helping people find their voice. Rhino Girl Media is a communications and media company that promotes the innovative and creative work of business people, independent artists, and nonprofit organizations. For writing, editing, blog posts, web content, press releases, branded content, and consulting, visit rhinogirlmedia.com. Are you a small business ready to work remotely with a CPA who is passionate and radical? New Vision CPA Group is a firm that understands the latest cloud technologies and will work with you for a fixed monthly price. We understand that tax and accounting are important, but the everyday insight into your financial data that helps you make critical financial decisions is priceless. We're with you every step of the way at New Vision CPA Group. Visit newvisioncpagroup.com today for more information.
0: Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN.
1: You are listening to Let's Get Radical with Jody Pedar and Liz Gold. To reach the show today, please call 1 866 472 5790. Again, that's 1 866 472 790. You may also send an email to Jody and Liz at letsgetradical.org. Now, back to the show.
2: Welcome back. I'm Liz Gold, and I'm here with Jody Paydar, and you're listening to Let's Get Radical. Our guest today is Tom Hood, the CEO of the Maryland Association of CPAs. And um, we just sort of got, they're both on location in Vegas at the Tech Plus Conference. Um, and we're really excited to have Tom here today because this organization is actually going through a big change. So I thought before we sort of get into the nuts and bolts of that change, Tom, that you could sort of tell us, give us a snapshot of the, of, who are the members of your organization? Obviously, we know they're all CPAs, but, you know, can you give us a breakdown in terms of demographic, age, uh, background, race, that kind of thing?
4: Sure. So the the National Association of CPAs was founded in 1901. We were the third state in the nation to actually create uh, the CPA law that, like, led to the forming of the CPA profession. And uh, over time, so right now, we're about, Uh, 11,000 members, about 2,000 of those are students, students and to become CPAs. And then the other roughly 9,000 are licensed CPAs. And you can cut the demographic in half. About half of them are in public accounting. And that goes from sole practitioners to the big four. And in the corporate side, so we call it business, industry, government, and not-for-profit. And those are controllers, staff accountants, CFOs, CEOs, and, you know, they're in everything from, you know, Main Street to Wall Street, so public companies down to everyday companies. And age-wise, we're like a lot of associations. We have a lot more older members, like the demographics of the market, than younger members. Uh, We are doing some things in the pipeline to really kind of fix that. But our average age is probably about, I think the last thing we looked at was somewhere around 50. Um... And that's partly because it's taking longer for people to get their CPA. So that's the other. So I call it the bathtubs problem. We've got members that are getting older and retiring faster than members are coming in from a license perspective.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay, great. And so that's a lot of needs. I mean, eleven thousand members, two thousand of those are students. Um, you know, and you're going through basically a transformation where you're you're um, walking. The talk that you always set, talk about in terms of being a futuristic organization, vir, you know, virtual office, um, subscription-based membership, um, you know, an open sort of work environment. So, can you can you tell us about the changes that are going on and sort of what prompted them?
4: So, you you actually captured most of those pretty well. The, the uh, we've been in this journey now for about uh, a little over two years. And it really started when we were feeling disruption in our core business line, which is continuing professional education, like many state CPA societies, even the American student CPAs. Education is a big component of what we do, and it's also a source of revenue. And that revenue, because of e-learning and everybody with a laptop and a webcam are now an instructor, online instructor. So that started to make that business line decline. And at first we thought that was part of that great recession of 2008, 2009, 2010, et cetera. And uh, we soon realized that that wasn't it, that there were more fundamental shifts going on in the business world. And obviously it had to do with technology and demographics and what we now know as hard trends. So I remember going into a board meeting and basically said to my board, I really don't know what's going on. I think we, uh, we're seeing some declines in some of our core business. We know what our membership situation is, but uh, these things are different than we've ever seen before. So we're having trouble projecting or predicting um, from a budget standpoint or from a, uh, what we look at as a state of Illinois perspective. And so then we started to say, here are some of the major trends we see and I think we're going to have to fundamentally shift a lot of what we're doing from a business model perspective. And uh, you know, I'll never forget, our board said two things. One, we want you to lead the way and share that story with our members so we can learn from that and two um, we support you we think this is necessary and let's get moving so So it's and, and that's how we started kind of this whole journey
2: so it sounds like you didn't get any resistance from the board which i which is fantastic did you get any resistance from your membership once you started rolling it out
4: so, you know, it's interesting. because So here's how we looked at the whole change process. So we were there were some business model shifts that we were working on. A lot of that had to do with innovation in learning. The second piece was we had to create a association that was nimble or agile and could move quickly in terms of decision-making and pivot as we learned our way through these business changes. And I remember our board chair said, how are you going to make sure and you guys are fast enough to shift as you start learning your way through all this. And that really kind of made me think. We obviously are working work with our board on our plan. So we literally got our board and our staff together and worked on this notion of what do we have to build, enhance, or dismantle relative to our infrastructure, all the systems and ways we work to get us to this new way of working so that we could really figure these things out. And that led us to, one, we had to have a very mobile workforce so that we could have people anywhere we needed to be, so that meant laptops and and mobile. The second piece is we wanted a collaborative work environment where we could collaborate quickly, make decisions, faster cycle times. And so that led us to thinking about this open office idea. And then we had to shift everything to the cloud. We needed a system that was... Um, capable of supporting our members in the future and that meant mobile first and eliminating a whole lot of friction for our members and that's the that's the final piece so that's kind of how we started to go through this whole change process
3: so i totally love this because like you're coming from like the old school profession right where most cpas are considered old school and you're totally like changing them up and yet they're moving with you. Maybe not as fast, but like I love the way that you got the support that you needed to actually make the changes. So do you think it's because um, your membership and everyone else saw it changing around them? They saw the world changing and they just didn't know what to do, so they were looking for a leader to lead them through it? Or do you think um, they weren't that smart and they were just like, okay, let's go with it?
4: I think in this case, um, our board... And us were bold enough to say we had to lead the way there, and our membership we were getting their permission along the way. I call it mobilizing consent. So we would expose things to our membership, get feedback. We do that all the time through our, our grassroots town hall meetings. So we were making them aware of these changes, and they were saying, "Wow, these changes are pretty significant." So then we started to say, "Wow, we can start to share how we're thinking." And get their feedback. So I would say the board and us led the way, and then we took that and continuously exposed it to members and get their feedback. And that's how we've migrated kind of through this uh, two-year journey, if you will.
2: So in terms of the collaborative work environment, you know, did you, I, Jody had mentioned to me that you did a whole office redesign. Where are you in that process?
4: So we're about 18 months into an office that has no walls. Wow. So nobody, nobody has an office, including me. Um, we all have an exact same workspace, and it's open with very short walls. There's no uh, offices, so it's all open. The, the sunlight coming into the office is unbelievable. You walk in and you just feel like you're bathed in positive sunlight. Wow. So that's, the, that's kind of the cool part of it. There are plenty of rooms for people to collaborate in for small meetings, for private areas so they can go where they need to go. Everything's mobile. We got laptops for everyone. Now everyone does have a, a place to go, an office, a desk if you will. But um, each desk is, in, if you can imagine, a little pod of four desks facing away from each other with a small round table and chairs in the middle so that everyone can just turn around
2: hmm. and like have an ad hoc
4: meeting like right there.
2: And so how has so that-, that affected productivity amongst your team?
1: Well. well let
4: me start with what the downside was and when we yeah. first started doing it our people thought we were crazy and many people i was actually quite, quite honestly surprised that there was resistance there were people that were like i can't work this way there's no way i could do this so we ended up getting everyone involved and we did a basically the thing that changed everyone's mind is we said we did an exercise with a, a consultant who helped us look at this that said how is work changing you know from independent to interdependent from Uh, planned meetings to ad hoc meetings from, you know, small individual work to group work. And when they did that kind of evaluation of how work has evolved in the last 10 years, from last five to now to the future, it was obvious that the open space is the way to go. So that, that got the change management part of it working well. And then we designed it with the staff. We actually had them be involved in picking the colors and looking at stuff. So they were... Completely involved in it, which is kind of one of the ways we think you can handle significant change. And then we moved in. And, and when we moved in, the day, within a week of moving in, people actually said, I feel like I'm getting more work done, faster decisions, cycle time has increased. And now, 18 months later, it's incredible. I mean, the number of times where, you know, within earshot, you hear something and you can say, Hey, I know something about that. Or people just walk over with a laptop and sit down in your office and say, can I review this with you? Mm
0: -hmm. We also
4: have privacy. People put headsets on when they're in a thinking zone or they work from home or Starbucks, wherever they want, to get quiet if they have a big individual thinking project to do. So work now for us is where it's kind of what you do and you do it in whatever the situation that best helps you do that work. So if you want to come into work and work in a team and a collaboration center, you know,
3: however you want to do that, that's how we do it now. So, that's so cool. Yeah, and I think I'm kind of biased because I think you've just become my my uh, favorite radical non for profit. Because I mean, I really believe that's like like awesome that you just jumped in and you did it, and like you didn't like you didn't wait for everybody else to do it. You went through, and I'll say the pain of the change and and like figuring it all out. But like now you see like how awesome it is on the other side, and and that's just. That's just so awesome. So I love um, that that it's coming from a non-for-profit. Because I think too often we think of, you know, non-for-profits as not that forward thinking. And obviously your non-for-profit, the MACPA, is... Um, is forward thinking. And I have to tell you the cool thing about that too is I'm actually a CPA who lives in Illinois, but I joined the MACPA because it was something that I truly believed in and I love the visionary idea of it. So when you think about even where their members are, their members are no longer just in Maryland. Their members are in Illinois because there really are no state lines and there are no boundaries. So yeah. So it's wild. So the the impact is going across the country. It's not just in Maryland. Um, but um, I have to take us to a short break. And when we come back, we are going to get in um, the MACPA's financial underwear drawer. So stay tuned. Mm-hmm.
1: Network, the bottom line in business. Advance and evolve. Liz Gold, owner of Rhino Girl Media, provides a wide range of services to those looking to get their message out into the world. Her specialty is simplifying the complex, finding the juice in any story, and helping people find their voice. Rhino Girl Media is a communications and media company that promotes the innovative and creative work of business people, independent artists, and nonprofit organizations. For writing, editing, blog posts, web content, press releases, branded content, and consulting, visit rhinogirlmedia.com.
5: Tax compliance can be a pain for businesses, but Avalara's powerful tax automation technology simplifies sales tax and other business taxes with real-time tax calculation and automatic return filing. It's simple to get started because Avalara works inside your accounting, e commerce, and point of sale systems. That's why thousands of the world's best businesses outsource their tax compliance with Avalara. Shouldn't you too? Learn more at Avalara.com. That's A V A L A R A.com.
1: Are you a small business ready to work remotely with a CPA who is passionate and radical? New Vision CPA Group is a firm that understands the latest cloud technologies and will work with you for a fixed monthly price. We understand that tax and accounting are important, but the everyday insight into your financial data that helps you make critical financial decisions is priceless. We're with you every step of the way at New Vision CPA Group. Visit newvisioncpagroup.com today for more information. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice america. <laughs> Listening to Let's Get Radical with Jody Pedar and Liz Gold. To reach the show today, please call 1 866 472 5790. Again, that's 1 866 472 790. You may also send an email to Jody and Liz at letsgetradical.org. Now, back to the show.
2: You're listening to Let's Get Radical. I'm Liz Gold, and I'm here with Jody Padar. And our guest today is Tom Hood from the Maryland Association of CPAs. Both Jody and Tom are in Vegas at the Tech Conference, and we're talking to Tom about how his Organization is going through a major change into a virtual envi- work environment, going on the cloud, and um, going to a subscription-based uh, membership organization. And Jody is going to ask Tom. Is our favorite part of the show where we dip into our guests' financial underwear drawer. So, without further ado, Jody.
3: Awesome. So, Tom, I think the question that I want to ask you most about is like. The, the idea of, sh- of shifting from a once-a-year annual membership to kind of this pay-as-you-go subscription pricing, and what kind of made you decide that that was the way to go?
4: So, the, we, you know, we've been looking at the kind of shifts in the whole business landscape, everything from what the commercial companies are doing. There's a great book out called The Membership Economy. Uh, we've, we've looked at that. We've looked at the sharing economy, those kind of things. And it all points to, first of all, mobile members have to be able to transact easily on a mobile device. So we pretty much started with a mobile first, obviously total cloud strategy. And that led us down to, well, what about the idea of membership? And we said, really, what we're thinking about membership is, membership needs to be flexible. And that led us down this path of making it a subscription. So now on day one, which actually is this week, we're rolling out the entire new system. It's it's a couple weeks behind. Uh, so I think it up at 4 a.m. to call in for the updates. <laughs> but we're, we're, uh, we're looking forward to a launch probably by end of week. And what you're going to see is an idea that members now can subscribe to the association. And on day one, it will be a traditional kind of you subscribing as if you were a member, right? So a member deal. But you can now put your credit card in and you can do it monthly. For, so a lot of our small practitioners or business industry members who don't have employers who pay their bill, would love to be able to pay monthly. So now you can set up a monthly payment on your credit card and it would renew automatically unless you said no. And in the future and probably looking into certainly by next year or sooner, we're going to start to add options there. So now we could say, you know, you want to be a member that wants this bundle of benefits, all you can eat CPE or you want all this e-learning or whatever. And so you're going to have subscription levels and options that adds the idea of flexibility, kind of making MACPA your membership So, Jody, for instance, you, you're in Illinois. You don't take advantage of a whole lot of stuff that we do in-state. So there might be a whole virtual option that says you can subscribe to this with this amount, and that would be your new membership. So that's really where we're going. Overarchingly, though, and one of our board members, um, Barry Young, who put it really well, he goes, we're going to reduce friction for the average transaction, signing up for membership, buying courses, getting resources, et cetera but we're going to add more high friction events that are more in-person high touch with our members. So that's really our endeavor as we uh, kind of move through the final phase of this journey.
3: Right. And I think, you know, because you know, I'm at CPA, what's it going to do for your cash flow?
4: Well, it, it will. It could hurt us um, in the initial phase, right? So we, we plan for that. But it's It's the right thing to do. So we've done a lot of things that someone would go, that's not really good business model sense. I'll give you an example. We went and pushed our state board to approve all e-learning as 100% for CPE. many states, it's like you can only take 50% or or less or some crazy formula. But our research said that universities are giving out e-learning equal to normal in-class credits, and all the research says it's the same quality of learning. So then we said, well, then why shouldn't we allow that? We knew that that would reduce the number of hours coming through our public seminar programs that are in-person. And yet, again, it was the right thing to do. So at the end of the day, I think the business model recovers from that, and we expect it to, but it, it's the, that's how we looked at it. And our board completely supported that idea.
3: So in the short term, you think it's going to just affect your cash flow? Not that you'll lose members, but that it, it'll be a timing issue, right? Um, but Correct. then I actually think it's going to bounce back stronger than ever because I think that what you're doing is really serving your customers or your members in a model that they're going to want to pay for and they're going to see all that value. And so you're probably going to get lots of new members and, like, as you said, even have, like, the whole virtual membership model going on, which, like, totally opens you up to a whole new marketplace. So so those other state societies, they better get on the ball.
1: Well,
4: I I, 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 uh, <laughs> I hope that is the case. We, we certainly fully expect that, that in fact, our members will respond in a very positive way and we'll be able to grow that and uh, I also think we're accommodating the next generation members, the, the students and the young professionals who this is the way of life that they want to work as and that, that was another big driving uh, decision behind why we're doing it.
3: Yeah, no, those are all, all really good reasons. So. The other thing is is now I think with the software, right, I know you moved to cloud-based software. How has that helped with the pricing and just with the collaboration? And, um, and I know, like, um, Tom actually does have a CFO who works for him, but how has that worked between you and Skip, like collaborating around the numbers, et cetera?
4: So, yeah, I mean, the, the, the cloud software has been, I would say, essential, and it actually is a catalyst for change, in fact, I like to say if you think about our infrastructure between open office and open architecture cloud, it goes to the. There's a Winston Churchill quote that said, "We shape our buildings, and thereafter they shape us." Mm-hmm. So the actual part of this is we shape the office, we shape the technology part, and now it's shaping us. It's ex- accelerating innovation and collaboration across our teams. So things like we went from an old legacy-based Microsoft Exchange server to a Google Office platform, and that's been incredible. We've added Slack, which is a, a communication collaboration element that's cut down on internal email by like 95% and increased transparency and awareness across the organization. The final move, so that we virtualized our old cloud system as a first step and a hosted system right to get mobile the second step now is all cloud so we're migrating our accounting system we're going to be using zero uh, as our, our engine there we're actually skipping our traditional association management system we're using a, a series of app products that are all based on the WordPress mobile platform and then we're um, our learning management systems all those are all cloud-based and they'll all be single sign-on so that's kind of where we're going. And again, between, you know, Google Drive and Slack and document sharing and collaboration, it's just been incredible. And that we need to have that. We need to be able to work that way in this new world that we're all facing where you have to be ready to pivot and learn and react to things that are happening in the environment.
3: And totally, I know one of the apps you use is for expense reporting. Can you tell them how easy it is for you? Because I know you travel like every other day, to do your expense reports.
4: Well, we have you know we have a, a pool of instructors at our business learning institute around like 150 or so. Jody, you're one of those, and when we so they're always getting expense. we use Tally for expense reporting. We use Bill. com for um, payables and receivables and, and paying people. And those are all fed. That's the beauty of this cloud stuff, right? These apps work so well together. There isn't any big integration. It's just plug and play. And and that means in the future, if it doesn't work, you can unplug it and plug a new one in and get expanded features, grow with your business, etc. cetera. So, um, yeah, Tally has made a huge difference. We're all paperless from that standpoint. Um, and it's been incredible in terms of the efficiency it's done on our time department and on the people who are on the road traveling.
2: Tom, I'm I'm just curious because you're using all this new technology, how did you go about deciding on what to use? I mean, did you have a process, you know, since there's so many different systems out there and apps out there, how did you sort of narrow it down?
4: So we we, we we were on about a year journey, uh, and we've been looking at association management systems and things for a long, long time. We actually rely, I like to say, uh, we get with a little help from our friends. So <laughs> we, we took all the learnings from folks like, like Jody and the movement around the cloud in the CPA space. We looked at the association space. One of our great friends is Reggie Henry, Chief Technology Officer for the American Society of Association Execs. We took an outside consultant, Byron Patrick, who's a really high-tech CPA, it was on our board of directors, past chairman of the association. So, you know, that was like our think tank, right, our folks, including mm-hmm. our board. And we started look at the traditional stuff, and we said, you know what? It's not going to meet our needs. So mm-hmm. we kind of were going where, you know, no man or association has gone before. And we uh, working with our, our marketing team. It's Blue, Blue Ocean Ideas is our outsourced marketing communications group they've got a big technical component because of the way marketing works today. And so they helped um, come up with this idea about these apps that we could plug in and create this. So together we've been building it knowing that our fallback, so believe it or not, we're going in this new way that everyone said this is where we're going to try. The fallback could be go back to where we were and go back to that traditional AMS version. Should we have to, we don't Mm -hmm. think we're going to have to. And, um, So that's kind of where we did So we did all the the research and found out that the stuff that was out there wasn't going to help us unless we could go all cloud, all apps. And that's where we're going.
3: Yeah. And I always say, once you go cloud, you never go back because (laughs) like, you you just can't. It's like, it just frees up so much and the collaboration is just so different that it really shifts your business model, which obviously you've seen um, how that's all working together. And the one other thing yeah. that I want to mention is um, Tom is like, like the CEO who's like the social media guru too, which is very, um, very different than I would say a lot of CEOs. There are so many CEOs who are scared to get out there and blog. And Tom was the original, one of the original like CEO bloggers. Do you want to share just a little bit about like your social media um, footprint as
5: well?
4: Sure. Well, so first I have to I have to give a, a kudos to our team, our team who as this uh, implementation slid on us, it slid right into our busy season. So they're all back home right now, cranking and looking at the system. A lot of excitement. And it's amazing how they've really stuck together through this whole process with our Blue Ocean team, knowing that there's a lot we don't know. So first of all, that. And social media, you know, Jody, that's probably been the best thing I've ever done. We started blogging, Bill Sheridan and I, back in 2006, way early on. And... uh, And I'd say we have to look back since it's been, again, best thing we ever did. The reason we did it, believe it or not, was because of the students. So some of the research we saw about millennials and and the young generation, all that, said that this is the way they're going to be communicating in the future. So our our response to that was, if this is what our future members are going to be dealing with, shouldn't we be doing it? Now, the interesting part is, because of that, it's, It allowed us to connect to all kinds of people like you and the tribe and and the group that's been leading a lot of the the, the radical changes in this profession, Uh, all kinds of people all over the world. And it really does help you build real relationships. And we're a relationship business. So from that standpoint, as a CEO, I can't imagine life without doing that anymore.
3: What an awesome journey. So we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to do an awesome um, recap and um, look towards the future of the MACPA.
1: When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Are you a small business ready to work remotely with a CPA who is passionate and radical? New Vision CPA Group is a firm that understands the latest cloud technologies and will work with you for a fixed monthly price. We understand that tax and accounting are important, but the everyday insight into your financial data that helps you make critical financial decisions is priceless. We're with you every step of the way at New Vision CPA Group. Visit newvisioncpagroup.com today for more information. Advance and evolve. Liz Gold, owner of Rhino Girl Media, provides a wide range of services to those looking to get their message out into the world. Her specialty is simplifying the complex, finding the juice in any story, and helping people find their voice. Rhino Girl Media is a communications and media company that promotes the innovative and creative work of business people, independent artists, and nonprofit organizations. For writing, editing, blog posts, web content, press releases, branded content, and consulting, visit rhinogirlmedia.com.
5: Tax compliance can be a pain for businesses, but Avalara's powerful tax automation technology simplifies sales tax and other business taxes with real-time tax calculation and automatic return filing. It's simple to get started because Avalara works inside your accounting, e-commerce, and point-of-sale systems. That's why thousands of the world's best businesses outsource their tax compliance with Avalara. Shouldn't you, too? Learn more at avalara.com. That's A-V-A-L-A-R-A.
1: you're listening to Let's Get Radical with Jody Pedar and Liz Gold. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-790. You may also send an email to Jody and Liz at letsgetradical.org. Now, back to the show.
2: Welcome back to Let's Get Radical. I'm Liz Gold and I'm here with Jody Paydar. Our guest today is Tom Hood. He's the CEO of the Maryland Association of CPAs. And before we get back to the to the great interview, I just want to give a shout-out, a big radical shout out to our sponsors, Avalera and Bill.com. Thank you. And um, we've been talking to Tom about all the changes going on in his organization, and I think what's particularly really interesting is that, you know, um, MACPA has been around for 100 years. Um, And so to make some sort of dramatic change, you know, that takes guts and some... You know some grit, (laughs) so I'm wondering, Tom. You know, can you give some advice to other people who may be in an organization that they know needs to change and to modernize? How how do you start? Like, what are some steps to get going?
4: Well, I think um, it it starts with a vision of what you're going to do and why, Mm
2: -hmm.
4: and being clear about that. So, in our case, it was how can we position the organization to help our members be future ready, and. And what does that take? And from that, it led to what kind of infrastructure or structure do you need to do that, right? Everything from physical systems to office to uh, how you're gonna work, website, all those kind of things. And I think that, so start with why and start with a plan. The, The second piece is make sure everyone's on board. So you have to mobilize that consent to make sure everyone's ready to go through that journey with you. And then I think you just have to be brave and If you're confident in your vision, it really helps you through all the, as I call it, caught in the deer brush, because there will be setbacks, there will be problems, and nothing's perfect. But the flip side is, what happens if you don't change? So we have a saying now called the risk of not investing, Mm -hmm. and in a period of fast change, the risk of standing still can be fatal. And I think that helps drive us to say, we're moving forward, we're able to move and, and adjust, and that's going to keep us ready for the future no matter what happens
2: mm-hmm. and so have in terms of the process that you've been going through um, which seems pretty remarkable you know what are some of the lessons learned What are there any surprises that came to you that you just weren't su- su- uh, expecting
1: <laughs> <laughs> well like
4: I didn't expect resistance from our team when we were looking at our open office yeah. um, but we both but when you get faced with it, so we use a lot of um, I call participation technology. We have a think tank collaboration system and a, a conferences I O platform that allows us to get anonymous feedback. So I think it was critical early on for us, Liz, that we use anonymous feedback from our team on a regular check-in. When you're pushing a team through significant or let's call it radical change, when you're doing that, you need to make sure you're hearing the brutal facts of what their reality is. And that means you have to be willing to listen. So as a leader, we use those anonymous pieces to hear those brutal facts. When we heard how worried people were about that open office move, we went out and got some expertise who could say, let's work through the group with this. And if after we work through the group, they still want to go, then we'll go. If they don't, we're going to have to figure out what we do next. So I think it's a series of, once you have your strategy laid out, it's about constant check-ins to say how are you guys feeling about where we are with the strategy and what's going on with that does that make sense that's kind of what I think we've done well
2: Yeah, absolutely, and I I mean, I think the anonymous tool definitely helps, but I also think there needs to be, you know, a layer of trust already built in, you know, so your employees feel like they can be honest with you, and, you know, nobody's going to be, like, checking the software to find out where the URL is, or wherever, you know, whose desk it's at, or, you know, I think there needs to be a real layer of trust in order to be able to be so honest, even if there is anonymity in there, so... That's and as great. a leader,
4: you have to be prepared to take that. Like sometimes right. it feels like you're getting punched in the stomach, but you have to say, <laughs> okay, what what can I do now that I'm hearing that feedback? What can I do from that standpoint? So that was critical. The other the other big lesson learned is, technology projects always takes take longer than you think, and they cost oh, more nice. than you think. So, even yeah. though I thought I had learned that lesson, I didn't until I did learned it again.
2: Yeah. Oh. Yes. <laughs> Jody, I'm sure you have much. You have a lot of experience in that.
3: Yeah, but I, you know, I just, I, it, this show has just been so awesome and I've just learned so much today, even though like I already knew, like, I mean, I know Tom pretty well, but just having him on our show today has just been incredible, hasn't
2: it, Liz? It's, oh, amazing. It's awesome. Yeah, it's totally amazing. I've heard Tom speak and he always blows it out of the water. So it's nice to sort of get this personalized conversation happening too for all of us. Out there. So um, thank you so much for being on our show today, Tom. Is there anything you want to share with our listeners that's going on in terms of in your organization? How can people get in touch with you?
4: Uh, So they can certainly get me on Twitter, at Tom Hood, by email, Tom at NACPA.org. Also, I would say check out our other website, which is our Business Learning Institute, BLI Online. Dot O-R-G, and that's where we have a whole bunch of what we call success skills and learning how to deal with this future uh, are out there from that standpoint.
3: And you don't even have to be a CPA
2: to get value from those tools, right, Tom?
4: That's correct. That's open up to everyone.
2: Fantastic. And so uh, next week you're going to want to tune in because we're We're talking to uh, Ronald Thomas, who's going to be giving us some tips on how to close sales. You know, a lot of us as small business owners and creative entrepreneurs, it's hard to actually seal the deal. And he's going to help us move through that so um you can always reach out to jody and i at our email address jody and liz at let's get we or also on facebook so please like us and because um, we like you back and uh that it's facebook backslash let's get radical and yeah big super thanks to our guest today tom hood and i don't and know jody what are you guys go- yeah no and Uh, I just wanted to say thank you guys for being our uh, awesome listeners
3: and being with us here at Crack Tech today, because it's our first live show, and it's just been awesome, and we still have um, another, like, day and a half to get through Vegas, so hopefully I'll make it home, because people don't realize how crazy CPAs are in Vegas,
2: and Tom can attest to that.
4: Well, keep getting radical, Liz and Jody.
2: Yes, and um, if you have if you don't have a drink in your hand right now, I mean, I only, I know it's nine o'clock in the morning there, but I mean, you know, it yeah, is that Vegas. My
3: cranberry juice is uh, <laughs> straight up. My cranberry juice is, uh, is a virgin. Don't worry about it. Well, awesome. So thanks for joining us today, and we will see you. Or I guess you can listen to us next week.
2: All right. Take care. Thanks, Tom. Thank you.
1: so much for tuning in to Let's Get Radical. Please join Liz Gold and Jody Paydar again next Tuesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. This week, it's time for you to get radical. Let's Get Radical is brought to you by Avalara, sales tax automation for businesses of all sizes. Visit us on the web at avalara.com. That's A-V-A-L-A-R-A dot com.
0: Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com.